Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere And each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. BGW. Void or prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Blog Talk Radio. Hello. Friday night. 9 o'clock Eastern Time, 8 p.m. Central Time, we have Michael Vandervoort and the Lay, the Lay family, Dwayne and Crystal, are here. And uh, no Robin. She's probably in a dive bar somewhere in Louisiana avoiding the heat. So good evening, we, you guys. We How should all tonight? be so lucky. Yeah, I have heat here, but I'm not in a dive bar unless my house is a dive bar, which it looks like sometimes, but not 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 tonight. So anyway, you doing all right? Whew, man, I got to tell you, I am exhausted from watching the flurry of activity in the baseball world today. It's been a great day, a great week. Um, we we personally here have been very busy, as many of our regular listeners may remember from last year. Um, the 29th of July is Crystal's birthday. So she has reached, what did we say, mid-40s? 43. I have 43. Mm, 43. You know, there's a great song by Elvis Costello that talks about the last year of our youth. And <laughs> one of the lines in there, he says, I began to lie about my age and knock off a year or two till I woke up one day and I was younger than you. I'm not saying that's what's happening here. I'm just saying it's a great song. So Okay. It's been busy. How about you, sir? How's your life? You know, how was, how I was it living I'm, in in the home of the two-time back-to-back Stanley Cup champions and the Super Bowl champions. Like, are the Rays coming it, on? Are they going to join this party? You know, they're trying. We'll see. They you know, they made. If the, it happens, will the, you burn down the, your city? No, I will not. Uh, I Excellent. actually went last year uh, when the when the when the Lightning won in the bubble. I was in Ohio dealing with family issues. Mm-hmm. Um, so I didn't get to go to the boat parade that took place downtown Tampa, kind of in the midst of the pandemic. I mm-hmm. did go mm-hmm. this year. I did it. Uh, it it got rained out, but I did go down. I did get to watch the the boat parade from a bridge uh, overlooking the Hillsborough River and Tampa Bay, and it was uh, thousands of people chanting, you know, tons yeah. of banners having a great time. It was really, really amazing. I mean, if anyone ever, you know, growing up in Detroit, which, you know, has the moniker of hockey town and has had forever since the the Wings had that long 25-year championship or, you know, playoff run and multiple Stanley yeah. Cups a couple times, et cetera. Um, if anyone ever doubts that uh, Florida can be a hockey culture uh, come to Tampa sometime and, and watch them when they win a cup and you'll, they're, they're just as oh. uh, just as devoted and uh, and crazy as any Canadian uh, any Canadian city would be. It's it's amazing. But we didn't burn our city down. We celebrated. Um, really a, a really unfortunate turn of events. Forget the lady's name. She's got it's uh, she's the singer. She's been the singer for the, the 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 Bolts for the last several seasons for the national anthem. 
and she mm-hmm. is currently in, on in ICU on a respirator dealing with severe COVID. She has she's a, a, a military retiree, African American lady. Her name is like Sheila Shirley Crossy Younger. I don't have that right. I forget it, but. She had MS, and she was vaccinated, and she thinks that she got it from an unvaccinated person at one of the one of the celebrations. She was meeting, yeah. meeting and greeting people and caught it, and she's, uh, she's you know, kind of hovering, you know, in and out right yeah. now. She's hanging in, but it's not a good situation, very unfortunate. Um, and just, you know, so I know she was vaccinated, but damn it, people get vaccinated. Do you fight this crap Amen. and just... Amen. I know. Hey, I know. Uh, on like those, it. along those lines, for anybody who, who hasn't seen this news, um, the CDC's report came out today that said even if you are vaccinated, you can be a carrier of the Delta variant, um, and you will be just as contagious as someone who is unvaccinated who has been infected. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. even if you are vaccinated, please put your mask on. It's a small ask, and it can save lives. Yeah, I've I've heard people. Yeah, I've heard people who have said the people who aren't vaccinated, it's their own fault. We shouldn't have to wear masks. We did what we're supposed to do. It's a pretty callous way to look at human life. It's a small ask. We've done the right thing, kind of thing. Yeah, I know. You know, I I mean, I was so relieved to get rid of the mask, but you know, we're going back at my job. We're going back on Monday, and I was just reading Twitter before I was while I was waiting for you guys to come on and. There's people, there are people on Twitter, you know, taking our company to task and calling out how ridiculous it is that we are, that we're going back to masks when there's not a, there's not a single case documented that anybody in the retail industry contracted COVID or died. And I'm like, yeah, <laughs> my what? brain exploded. I'm not, yeah. right? I mean, I mean, I know people who died, um, right. you know, I mean, anyway. Yeah, it, it, we don't need to go down that path tonight because it sucks and it's it's not good. But um, and we talk COVID way too much anyway. But yeah, just uh, yeah. this isn't this this isn't as I mean, this is this to your point, Dwayne. It's life. It's it's you know it's people's families, family members. It's not politics. It's not all that other bullshit. We need to get off that and deal with it. And I don't know. Anyway, it's aggravating. So I'm going to shut up about yeah. that. I'm going to shut up about hockey. Um, <laughs> I wanted to talk about talent. Let's talk about trades in the, in, in major league baseball and moving on from, because uh, several teams well, moved on from some talent this, this week, right? Well, so this is, this has been a, a crazy week, um, crazy couple of weeks, but especially the last couple of days. I mean, the Cubs said last month they were going to be sellers and they dismantled their team in the last two days. Right. Like, astounding right and and i saw the stat today that there were 10 players who were all-stars this year who have as more than any other year like this is more movement of big names than we've ever seen and and it made me think a little bit and 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 actually your your comments about tampa being a, a hockey city it made me think a little bit of this idea that you know winning sure does cure a lot of problems mm-hmm. you know um, St. Louis wasn't a football team or it wasn't a football town until we got a football team that could win or at least be competitive. Right. And, and even then, before the Rams left, like we were filling up that dome even when they were under 500. Winning cures a lot of stuff. And it's the same way in the workplace. When things are going mm-hmm. well, there's a lot of things that you can let slide. And I don't mean things that like inappropriate behavior. I mean 
Well, yeah, you know, Salesforce isn't the way running the way we want to, but we're okay. We're making money. We're selling stuff. We don't really have time to go back and overhaul everything. Uh, it'll be fine, right? And when when times get tough, there's a lot of places that will point fingers at, well, why haven't you done this? Why hasn't this? Why isn't this? Why isn't this? You know, the the idea of there's a time, it kind of goes along with that, there's a time where you move on from talent. You've got people in your organization who are talented and who are really good at what they do, but they're not right for what you need. And and you'll never get where you want to be if you if you have them in those speeds. And, and, and we've talked at length about the importance of not just having the right people, but putting them in the right seats on the bus so that uh, you mm-hmm. get where you need to be. And to, I think this week was a, a great example of a lot of organizations looking at guys, looking at their salaries, looking at their contracts, and saying, we are not going to get where we need to be with you on our bus. Love you, right. but Jose Barrios, we can send you to Toronto, and we can get two of the top prospects out of their system. That's a move we're going to make. Um, and, you know, I know that Twins fans um, – Love watching him pitch. He's a heck of a pitcher, but they they moved on from that talent because it's what they needed to do in order to take their team, hopefully for them, to the next level. Um, mm-hmm. So that's been on my mind a little bit this week. What do you think about that? Um, you know, sports is a great mirror for you know other other kinds of aspects of life, I guess. And like this month has been, yeah, you know, I've been more focused on hockey than baseball. Um, right, but like so. for example. Yeah, well, you know, Stanley Cup City, yeah, you got to. But yeah. um the uh I know you guys yeah, so you like so you guys have a like, you guys have a player in St. Louis who is there are a couple things going on there, right? It's Flatty Terracycle. Um one is yeah. there's loss of credibility between you know, loss of relationship between him and his management yep. camp, if you will, and the and the organization over surgery and the way he was treated, you know, the the work workplace issues really, right? He had yes. he had surgery that they had him do and he it didn't work out and then they had to do it again. He felt like it was botched, kinda of held the the organization yep. accountable, went went off and got his own uh surgery done without permission, which is actually a violation of his contract and now basically has said, mm-hmm. I want out I don't I don't want to be here anymore. Seven and a half million dollar salary, so a lot of teams can't afford him with a flat cap that mm-hmm. exists in the NHL right now. But but also a tremendously talented guy, forty goal scorer, thirty goal scorer several yep. times, and they can't get rid of him, and he doesn't want to be there, and so it's a it's a very dysfunctional relationship, right? The uh, yeah, you know, so, so that's still still brewing, and it'll it'll get sorted out eventually. Um, three of the goalies that were the finalists for the Vezina Trophy in the NHL this year, uh, our own, you know. Um, Vasilevsky, right, is, is still with the with mm-hmm. the Lightning and isn't going anywhere. But the the two you other the, the the winner the winner of the Vezina Trophy, the best goalie in the NHL, traded unceremoniously because his salary was seven million dollars. Traded to Chicago Blackhawks by the by the mm-hmm. Vegas Golden Knights without being told. Found out from social media. The guy's been the yep. face of the franchise, and they 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 unceremoniously dumped him. Uh, for a, for a, for a bag of pucks, anymore, right? Right? Yeah, so, like I mean, literally a, for a, a bag of pucks. Uh, <laughs> some guy who's uh, some Swedish guy or Finnish guy, you know, Hammerskold or something that hasn't played above single A hockey and never will. Yeah, it was literally yeah. for nothing. 
and and then Philip Grubauer, who was uh, the goalie for the, the sorry Mary Klotner, uh the goalie for the Colorado Avalanche, who I think came in mm-hmm. uh, third behind behind uh, Flurry and Vasilevsky. Um, also, mm-hmm. his client went left left his team as a free agent for six times six million dollars times six years to to join the Seattle Kraken, which is a new expansion team. Yeah. So I mean, it's it's. You know, so what does it have to do with leaving talent? Talent leaves you as well, I guess, was the counterpoint that I I'm making. So. And it's where's yeah. the opportunity? What's the work environment? You know, I mean, it's it's millions of dollars and it's athletes, so it's like another world or another dimension. But it but but it's still a microcosm of reasons people leave the workplace every day, right? I want to make more money. I'm not happy where I'm at. Yeah. I don't feel appreciated. I want to go somewhere else where I think I'll be happier. Etc. Or or our company says, sorry, you know, we love you yesterday, but what have you done for us today? Nothing. Here's a bag of pucks. See you in Chicago. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Whatever. You know, you know it, 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 there's, it's really interesting. So anyway, go ahead. Yeah. There's there's another element to that, which is, you know, when a when a guy gets traded in any sport, a guy gets traded, and you think, wow, that really sucks. That really like that guy. But okay, what did we get? Let's move on. What do we got happening? Right. When a guy leaves in a free agency, there's a lot of people get real upset about that. Man, they're, I, I, I'm not going right. to lie. I'm still a little mad at Albert Pujols leaving St. Louis. Like, why would you ever go? Mm-hmm. Like, we mm-hmm. expect loyalty from employees to the organization. But when the organization doesn't show that same loyalty to the employee, people just kind of, well, you, yeah, okay, it's business. It's the way it works, right? So mm-hmm. I know a lot of people, and I've, 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 I've preached this to some folks, you know, depending on where you're at, like there's a lot of wisdom in saying like, just remember you, you are a free agent. You are a contractor really at the end of the day, like you are selling mm-hmm. your services and your skills to it, to an organization for compensation, whatever that might be. And you can always go sell your services to somebody else. If you, to your point, you don't feel appreciated. You don't feel utilized. You don't feel like you fit. Like, you can go do those things. It's okay. Now, in the U.S., it makes it a little harder because you tie your health insurance to your job, so you can't just walk off. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. You know, but, but you can go do that for the most part. There's, there's some people you have golden handcuffs where, you know, you walk away from stock options or whatever. Um, or or non-competes, which are kind of – Or non-competes, which, you know, good luck enforcing those in a lot of ways. Um, mm-hmm. So it's, it's interesting. You know, the, the – um, there's there's not an expectation of reciprocity of loyalty, and I don't I don't know that that's bad. I think that for employers, if you if you really think of your employees as people who could pretty much choose to go someplace else, and you treat them as such, not like disposable, but like a hey, we're glad you choose to spend your time here. Like we, it's almost like the airline. We recognize you could work anywhere. We're glad you choose to spend your days with us. Like, mm-hmm. it, it really does change your outlook on the way you build a team. Um, I, I've, I've, I've used this line a couple of times going back for, you know, 15, 20 years. Is that, you know, there used to be a day where a company would offer lifetime employment. Like, you come to work for Ford, you're going to be here until you retire. That's not the way it mm-hmm. is anymore. So we don't offer lifetime employment, but we do have a responsibility, I think, as organizations and as leaders, to try to offer lifetime employability. If, as long as you're on my team, I'm going to make sure that you get challenged, you can develop, like you can build your skills, and hopefully you'll use them here. But if there comes a day where this isn't the right place for you anymore, I want to make sure that the time you spent here built you that you can go someplace else, and we can have an amicable, amicable parting. And that's okay. 
It doesn't always work out, but that's okay. Mm. I think I think there's some shared responsibility in that compact or contract or whatever yeah. you want to call it because the employee themselves also must, you know, keep their skills sharp, not not just for the benefit Agreed. of the company, but for their own benefit. And, you know, the, yeah. the, this, this is kind of, I don't want to say super basic stuff, but it, yeah, it, I mean, it, you know, you go back to common law in Britain and the employment at will, right? I mean, the, the whole concept of what people often confuse between right to work and employment at will states, um, mm-hmm. employment at will is essentially, I work for you today because I choose to be here. And in return, right. I expect for you to pay, pay me for the day that I, you know, the day's work that I put in. And then I'll think right. about it. And if I decide I want to come back tomorrow, we'll do that same thing all <laughs> over again. And that's kind of, that's how it used to be, right? You, I, I need you to dig a ditch. You know, the dick, ditch is going to take five days. Okay, I'll, I'll, you know, I'll decide every day if I feel like digging the ditch. And I guess we have yeah. that phenomenon now. It's called ghosting. <laughs> it works a little differently. But, yeah. I mean, oh, see, I was going to say that sounds you know, like it's the gig economy. Like yeah, we have, that, we formalize that into the gig economy. <laughs> Kind of, in some ways, yeah, yeah, for real. But um, yeah, but anyway, that's that's kind of what, I mean. That that goes all the way back to like British common law, which is in like in the, you know, the 700 AD or whatever, you know. So it's uh, it's it's old. It, 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 I guess it works. You know, there's a lot of modifications to it, obviously, and all that kind of stuff. But yeah. anyway, hey, there's there's um, there's probably other more topical stuff than British common law to touch on. So um, is there though? One I big mean, really when you think I, about I it, is there? I don't know. I don't know. I mean, maybe not. Maybe it, maybe we need to talk about employment contracts. Hang on, Crystal woke up. She wants to be part of the conversation now. I do. There is okay. something a little more topical than than that. I want to talk about. I thought this. there might be. Yeah, there you go. It's not new. It's happened before, but it's happening more than I've seen it in the past, which is this phenomenon of employers asking for free work. We may have touched on this before, but man, it's getting my goat. And what I mean by that is in the interview process, asking those that are interviewing for a job to solve your business problem, write a business case, show us what, you know, a business review might look like, do a case study, all of this stuff. And and they're not employed. I was looking at, uh, like, this they're they're interviewing to be employed. And I think there's a fine mm-hmm. line between getting to know someone and applicant abuse. Mm-hmm. And I think there's a lot of applicant abuse that's happening right now. Have you seen it? Um so I I, I not I haven't seen it as much. That is not something that we do, but I, I have a I have a question that kind of falls on it because I'd like to get your opinion on, on, you know, like where the line is, I guess. So I, like, I completely understand if somebody says, Hey, we're, we're, we're dealing with, you know, I don't know, some pick a problem right now. We're dealing with this problem and this is what it looks like. Tell us how you would solve it. And it's like legitimately Mm -hmm. a business issue that they're trying to crack. That really is kind of like getting free consulting work. Right. Versus, um, say, say companies that do, you know, whether you believe in the validity or not, that where they do behavioral tests or assessment profiles or, or, um, you know, sort of like they workshop case studies. Um, And like I, I hired somebody several years ago and we had them do a two hour exercise. It had four, it had four distinct elements and it was to test their knowledge and ability to 
use social media as a tool. Um, it was to test their understanding of labor law. Um, so we asked them to, you know, it was a timed instrument, and everybody that we interviewed took it as part of the, the interview process. But it wasn't to solve any problem that we had. It was just to test their ability yeah. to do the kind of work that we did on a daily basis. And and so I guess from my perspective, you know, we asked them to put in a significant amount of work beyond just a conversational interview. Um, but it was it was extremely relevant to us to be able to assess their current state of skill on some of the things that we viewed as critical elements to their job and to be successful, right? But we weren't trying to solve yeah, this problem. I, you know, trying, I struggle trying to with assess that. For, them. So, yeah, so is that, you know, does that kind of fall into your scenario or is it is that different? I think your second one falls closer into my scenario, um, mm-hmm. but not as, not as flagrant as some of the things that I'm seeing right now. Like, for example, mm-hmm. asking – and a lot of it happens to, to people with less than 10 years of experience, but it, it's not relegated to just them. Uh, it, it's, um, it's things like asking them to come up with a business plan for the expansion products that they're interviewing to work on. It happens a lot with marketing people. Um, mm-hmm. But again, not just marketing people or coming up with a sales plan for, you know, sales people that are coming in um, Social media, I kind of get, like, trying to make sure that you understand the tools. That's fine. Where I have a problem is when you give someone an assignment, particularly if it's something that is actually relevant to your business and it's not just some made-up mm-hmm. scenario like, hey, tell me how, you know, J.K. Rowling would, would market her book using the latest tools, whatever. Right. But, but like, when you send them off to do something on their own and then they have to turn it into you, however many hours mm-hmm. it took them to do that, that's work. That's a work product that they've created on your behalf and they're not your employee. Mm-hmm. That bothers me. Mm-hmm. I'm down with the idea of saying, hey, we're going to fly you in or come drive into, you know, our headquarters or whatever, get on Zoom, and we're all going to work together on a problem, right? Because then at that point you're seeing what they know. You're also seeing how they interact with you. And that's an interview mm-hmm. step that you're all doing together. To me, mm-hmm. that's different. I don't know. Dwayne's raising his hand. I'm raising my hand. You can't see it. It's virtual. I, I'd like to offer a, a, a counterpoint. Okay. If I may. Not an argument. Counterpoint. As an employer, I spent a lot of money in the hiring process. Right? Mm-hmm. I pay for postings. I pay for an ATS. I pay for someone to screen the resumes. Um, in a lot of those cases, I pay to bring candidates into my office. I might pay for their lunch. If they're, I might pay for their hotel, for their dinner. Right? I'm, I'm investing time and money into this process to find the right person to join my organization. Why is it inappropriate for me to ask you as the candidate to invest your time being well, part of that process. You are investing your time as a candidate every time that you go to an interview. All of the research mm-hmm. that you do beforehand, applying for the job on your janky ATS with your stupid questions. Hey, my ATS is awesome. Don't be like that. Like, <laughs> there's, there's a ton of time. Mm-hmm. I don't remember the number. There is actually a study that talks about the amount of time that applicants spend on average in the in the. Um, hiring process, and that's okay. Like, it's okay to expect some time there. 
But there is, I think, a problem, a fundamental problem if an employer believes that because they've invested and done all of these things, an applicant owes them anything for that. They don't. So no, how, no, no. Oh, well, hold on. That's not what I was saying. Go ahead. I'm just saying that's not what I was saying. So, you know, here's the thing. The employment deal is super unbalanced in favor of the employers. We it all know this. It doesn't have to be, but it is. I, I disagree with you. You're welcome to do so. I do so. So there's there's certainly ways to make it less mm-hmm. imbalanced than what it currently is. However, it's super imbalanced towards the employers already, and these people are looking for you to give them a job so that they can just basically live, right? Live the majority of their life working for you in your office, doing your work, that if, by the way, they were to die, you would spend exactly three minutes feeling bad for them before you put out another job posting to get someone else to do it. You sound very jaded at this moment. I probably do. Um, that being said, like, they don't owe you anything. They don't, and, but they do, I think, deserve sort of um, respect for how imbalanced that process is. They can't ask you to take a management test to show what kind of boss you're going to be Why? Uh, often because it doesn't work that way. Like, and first of all, what would they well, have to do? Well, they could ask. They could ask. Uh, okay, but realistically, that doesn't work. They can't quite often, okay, I, I know you've got some sort of a main exciting thing that you can share in just one second, but I'm going to finish my rant. You guys can't see me when I'm very excited? You are. Quite <laughs> often... If you ask to speak with past employees, people that have left, you're told no. Right, but how do you get them? Your favorite site. Oh, my God. Let's not even get into Glassdoor. Good Lord. So, look, there's nothing wrong with going and looking at everyone's favorite employee-generated review site, but, um, but there's like 15 different ways to game that system. So you can't put a ton of stock in that, and, and candidates know it. So, okay. So you can't. You're right. You can't. But there are places you can go to find, like, get information on what a company like to work with. Right? You can reach out to these people. Just like the employer can ask for your references. Right? So you do have the ability to get some Well, no, 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 no. Here's the difference. So an employer can ask and require references of you to be able to get a job. That's true. But as a candidate, you can't say, I demand that you give me yeah, you're right. past, applicant, past employee references. Because the second you do so that, it's going to be like a bi-felicia right, but you But you can, and they can bounce you, just like you can refuse to give references and get bounced yourself. Right, both ways, it ends up hurting the applicant. All okay. of the power, the power dynamic, is all towards the employer. So then when they, on top of that, are asking you to do free work for a job that you may need, there's, there's duress. There's duress. That's my problem with it. There's a lot of duress and no pay. Interesting. Mike, I'm going to pause to give you a chance to jump in here. Um, so I disagree <laughs> with Crystal on almost every. Yeah, I disagree with you, Crystal, on almost every level, um, oh. except for oh, the okay. except for the notion that companies shouldn't use employee interviews and employee inter- interviewing interviewing employees' time. They're not employees interviewing people's time to solve their business problems. To me, that, that crosses a line. If they, if they should pay somebody to, as a consultant if they want to steal their time to do that. But the, the, I think the, 
part of the part of entering an employment relationship is your willingness to engage with the organization, understand them. I mean, it, you know, it, 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 I don't know. I, I just think that, that you, that, that, that's the cost of entry into the organization well, is some time. But it's super imbalanced. the man finish. He's agreeing with me. Let I'm him agreeing with him. <laughs> I, I don't think it's super imbalanced because there are, there's one job in multiple candidates and the employer's objective is to hire what they consider to be the best and most qualified candidate for that job. And the person that's submitting their interest in, and being considered, you know, is stacked up not just against the company, but against all the other people in the workforce, you know, however many there are, and they need to show that they're the the most deserving. I mean, maybe that's too mercenary and competitive, but that that's the that's the game. I don't know that it's too mercenary, but I do think that 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 mentality is exactly why individuals individual workers, employees at your company or any company, no longer have mm-hmm. any interest like pretending that they need to have loyalty to you. There's no that? loyalty yep. to them. And, like, there's no loyalty to them in that process. Like, everything I heard you describe is they need to prove up to me that I'm worthy or that they're worthy, right? There's no, there's no conversation around, yep, and we spend all this time getting to know them and what they need and how they'll fit and and how we can help them be better people, right? It's 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 all one sided, and so from that perspective, like if you're going to make somebody come in and champion them their way to a job, cool. When you don't end up being everything that your shiny employer brand says you are, then there's really no reason for them to stay. I have my hands in the air. Again. True. Like to see it. Yeah, I, I just want to say I, this. I see it. If it's all one sided, that's the candidate's fault. It's their fault for not asking better questions because everyone I know who like knows how to interview always says, what questions do you have? Uh-huh. It's their fault. And I got to tell you, like, I think everybody knows, like, you're supposed to have good questions at that point. Because if you're like, well, I don't know, where's the bathroom at? Or, well, how often do I get paid? Like, they're going to look at you and go, right. like, do you really? Like, that's really the amount of effort you put in. Right? No, 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 no. no. Okay. Still going. No. That's the candidate's fault. It's on you to <laughs> – I mean this sincerely. I know you do that. It is, it is on you as the candidate to take the time to dig into that company. And okay. if no, – no, no, stop. I'm still talking. Okay. It's, it's your responsibility to dig in. And if it's a all one-sided, like you don't know enough about them, that's your fault for not asking. Uh-huh. And at the same time, you can go talk to any other company out there. Now, let's recognize that, like, there are some places like, hey, there are people who just need jobs, right? They're under the gun. They think what they can get. I get that. Right, it is. But if you have the opportunity to say, I want to ask some questions here because I actually want to be informed before I make a choice to join a team. If there's any employers like, no, 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 we don't answer questions. It's not right? about asking and answering questions, Dwayne. It's so much bigger than that. So First is, of all, okay, how, how brutal are we allowed to be here? Can we say 100%, Mike? Is this, uh, this is an after-hours episode, so we're all <laughs> uh, circle yeah, trust I'm with all of our thousands of I'm in Florida. She can't hurt me, so, yes. Well away, ah, Crystal. Ah, ah, ah. <laughs> awesome. Okay. I love our late night shows. So yep. let's just be a little brutal here then. You, you've Easy. Been, Easy. You've been in a bad employment relationship I have. before. I have. I've been in a couple of them. Mm-hmm. I think we all have. You asked good questions, right? I did. 
and you got reamed up the ass for it. That's a so, really inappropriate thing for you to put, like, the, the words in inappropriate. That's a message. Yeah, but that's how you felt after that bad employment. Of course. Yeah. Of course. And if you asked all the right questions, mm-hmm. and you still got submarine. And I will tell you there are employers who feel the same way about some employees, that I asked all the right questions, and I did the, I did the checks. I talked to the references. It turns out they still were terrible. Uh-huh. So, so what in that would have been solved by you doing a 17-hour business plan? Well, 17 hours is a bit much. I agree with you 100% on that. But if it's the idea of what would have been solved by doing a business plan, you know what? I think I probably would have gotten an idea for how they reacted to the way I think. Mm-hmm. If I present my idea, like, here's how I approach the problem, and I lay those things out, and they're going to go, oh. That's one thing. So you go, oh, wow, yeah, no, actually, that makes complete sense, right? Then I know, okay, they can at least say they understand the way I think, right? But I think that you're taking an education where people are being disingenuous about what they want. Let's assume people are being above board. No, I, I think that these people are above board when they're asking for it. I think they okay. genuinely believe that this is going to give them some crazy insight into their employees. It doesn't. You have no idea what resources they use to be able to do it. You're sending them off to do an assignment. You don't know what resources they've used to be able to do it. You don't sure. know if they even did the assignment themselves or had someone else do it. Mm-hmm. It's just, you know, you don't know. Um, there's a lot you don't know. There's just a lot of question marks there. But I, but beyond that, I think, it, it again, it's the direct piece of it, right? I need a job. If I didn't need a job, I wouldn't be interviewing for your company, right? If someone didn't need to work, well, we all like to think if people won the lottery or whatever, had a rich aunt die, and they suddenly are, are all of their needs financially are met for the rest of their life, that they would go sail the world and do some things and come back and work for us. That was something that was said to me by the CEO of the first company I got into in the three. Terrible. I mean, it's a lovely sentiment, but it's kind of bullshit. So, pardon my language. I love our late night shows. I say bad things. But, um, but... Yeah, a little bit. But, but, you know, you say it's a, it's a lovely sentiment, but it's just kind of crap. And so we work because we need to work, right? We work, we may enjoy what we do. There may be fulfillment that comes out of that. But we work fundamentally because we need to. And so someone is interviewing with you to be able to get a job to fulfill basic needs. And when you're asking them to do any kind of consulting on your business, anything that is not a made-up scenario for Floppy or J.K. Rowling or Harry Potter or whatever, then you owe them money. But if they ask you for it, they're not going to get that job. What if they ask you for it after the fact? What if you? What if they know that you used it? Are they entitled to compensation? Yeah. Does any company pay that? No. <laughs> Mike, do you know of anybody? And how would you know about that? Um, well, I did one of these things. Um, it was a little different, I think, but not really, I guess, when you really cut to what Crystal is describing. When I went to work at Q, I mean, I, I, so the difference for me was I wasn't necessarily, I didn't need the job. I was interviewing in the job for the job because I was interested in it. Um, and it was right. when I took the Q job as their executive director, they had three or four candidates, of which I was one, three or four finalists, if you will. I was one of those, and they asked each of the people to put together um, a proposal, a PowerPoint, basically a proposal 
of what you would do in year one of if you were hired as the executive director, um, you know, and to, to find your plan. And so I wrote a, I, I essentially wrote a business plan for what I would do to um, implement it. And, for, and, and it was a lot of work. I mean, and they didn't pay me. Um, I was happy to do it because number one, I knew if I got the job, I would already have my first year plan in place and be ready to go. But number yeah. two, it really helped me focus in on what, you know, what I would be, what I needed to do. And it, and it was a job that I didn't have like all the skills. I mean, I had a lot of it, uh, knowledge, but I didn't have all the skills necessarily because it was way, it was a lot of different hats, marketing and, you know, bill collecting and all kinds of things that I had never done in in an HR function. So made me really think about it. And actually, it, it was a very valuable exercise for me because it convinced me that I could do that job. I was able to write a business plan that I thought would work, and I actually used it and implemented a lot of it. So it wasn't a waste. So in that, in, in that one situation that I'm describing, it, it was everything that Crystal said. It was a lot of work. It was a plan that they could have used. I mean, they didn't ask for it for that reason because they had four different ones. Um, they were trying mm-hmm. to use it to define who, who would bring an approach that they felt was the most, I guess, the the one that they they, they felt they could most buy into for, from the hiring uh, group. Um, so, it, you know, I, I mean, I, I can see the value of it, and and, it, and, it, and I, I think it helped me get the job over the other candidates because I think I had the best plan. I, I didn't. I, I didn't see the other ones until after I got hired. They were in the drawer, you know, left over by the the previous guy. So I had a chance to review what other people had written, and mine was, I think, it thought more outside of the box than the others in my own self assessment of what I did versus what they did. But um, so, so I mean, it wasn't. I mean, it was. You know. So anyway, I think it was worthwhile, but I don't think it's every situation. I, I mean, I agree with Crystal there. I don't think I don't think companies should do it the way she's describing. And I don't think it should be overused. I think it should only be done when it really is important, you know, to to help define the the proper candidate for for a very specific role and skill set. Yeah, I I want you to know, like, I'm sitting here waiting to ask you a question, and you already answered it. Right? I just wanted sorry. to know when you came in, did they? No, no, no. Be sorry. That's why you're great at what you do. Um, but I wanted to know, like. Did they give you the other presentations? Like, did you have the opportunity to look at what everybody else built to see if there's anything good there? And you already answered that. Yeah, question. I did. Well, yeah, so, I did after the fact, but kind of. Yeah, they didn't point them out to me, but I, I did get to see them, yeah. Yeah. So I have two questions for you. Well, one question and one statement. So the first question would be, what do you think? Do you think you would have gotten the same thing out of it had they said, hey, you know what? We'd like you to really go back and, and – you know, really look at these things, potentially write a business plan, just so you understand what it is you're getting into. And then we don't want you to turn it in. We want you to come back and talk about it. Like, let's mm-hmm. have a conversation about what you're thinking. As opposed to creating an actual work product that you turn in that they review, right? Like, mm-hmm. could you have accomplished as the employer, could you accomplish the same thing by going and asking them to go do those things so that you could come back and have a better informed conversation about the requirements of that role. Yeah. I, I guess I need to correct part of my statement. They didn't ask me to write a business plan. They asked me to pre- prepare a presentation describing what my thoughts would be on a plan for year one. Um, and, and I was asked to present that to a committee, you know, via not zoom, but via, some some system that we used. I don't even remember what it was. Some call-in system that somebody had. Um, 
so it was a little bit different than what I said, which was, you know, prepare a, a business plan. I mean, I, I wrote it as yeah. a business plan, but it could, could just as easily have been a, here are my six action items that I would do kind of, you know, document, you know what I mean? So, yeah. so yeah. I, I mean, it, it, it kind of, I, I kind of feel crystal to answer your question directly. I kind of feel like that is, is what they asked me to, with the exception of, I guess the way you were describing it is just not, not share it with them, but kind of talk to them about it, describe it to them more verbally or something is kind of how I heard what you asked. Um, I don't think that would have been as effective and it was actually my choice to present it as a PowerPoint and to write a business plan. So that was the way I elected to do it because it made the most sense to me for what they were requesting. Okay. I mean, look, if it's something you want to do and it brings you fulfillment, that's fabulous. What I'm seeing a lot of online right now, and it is mostly online, is young people early, if not straight out of college, being asked to put significant work into doing projects that they would be assigned were they working for that company. And to mm-hmm. me, that is applicant abuse. Like you do mm-hmm. not have the right to ask an applicant. I mean, I guess you have the right to do it. You can do whatever you want. But you should morally not. It's, it, to me, there's an ethical issue here. Like, you have an obligation to be fair to people. And when you are asking young people without experience to go in and do something that you would have them do as an employee, submit that, get no feedback on it, and then maybe or maybe not get a job on the basis of whatever it was that they did. Like, it's mm-hmm. just cool. It's cool. Okay. So if you're the employer, how do you judge these candidates? Well, first of all, I think if you're asking someone who is straight out of college or in the first two to five years of their employment to interview with you, you need to understand that you're going to have to train them to do whatever it is that you want done correctly. And and I think anybody who thinks that they're not going to have to do that is kidding themselves, especially if they're bringing somebody in straight out of school. Mm. You really need to expect them to basically be incompetent. Okay. But was it, well, you're not answering my question. I'm, I'm getting there. Okay. So how do you expect to judge them? I, I think you go back to group situations. Anybody that you're bringing in to be an IC or lower level, or shoot, even if they're not an IC, I think this also works for executives. Like come in and have, or have them come in and work with your team on a project. Mm-hmm. You'll get to see what they understand. It's like a realistic job for you. Heck, there are companies that will set this up for you. So you get to understand what they know, how they think, how they will work with other people on your team, which by God, like that is like one of the biggest issues in employment. Amen. So like to me, that solves your bucket without making them run off and do their own thing or fills your bucket, whatever. Yeah. So, yeah, so I mean, real I def- quick I definitely story. think it's oh, – sorry, go ahead. Go ahead. Dwayne. Go, sorry, go ahead. No, no, please go ahead, Mike. Go ahead, Mike. I was just going to say I think it's something that should be used judiciously and only for certain positions that are, you know, that where that really is a is an important piece of a of the work they would be doing. I don't think it's something they should do with everybody. I totally agree with you on that. And I think lower level is that that's ridiculous. But anyway, so there was this poor girl, and and then I'll wrap this part up because I know we've kind of like gone all Hi, around thanks. this, and I want to get to uh, a really um, in the news lawsuit, but. Um, but there was this young girl, what, what kicked all of this off for me was actually not um, someone in our family that is interviewing that, it, that offered to put together some stuff, um, which I was like, wait, why? Why would you do that? And they wanted to be able to, like, offer perspective. I and mean, I think that's fine. If it's something that you're volunteering to do, that's one thing. 
But but this young girl, and she really is straight out of school, um, was just in tears. Like you could see it. You could see it when she wrote it, and then we had conversations afterwards. Uh, and she was just so upset because like, she had put in all of this work and all of this effort, really had no idea what she was doing, and had been asked to do that, like, several times with several different employers. Like, employers, every employer she was interviewing was gasping for these things. And so she's like, one, I don't really know what I'm doing. Two, I do have a, a job that I have to do and somehow figure out how to fit this on top of it, which feels like a whole other job. And I'm not getting anything out of it. I, I like, I'm not getting anything out of it. And it kind of go back to what was the Brian Wimpen thing, the assessment that he took, or that he um, people click people people clues is that right? People click people okay. people clues. Mm-hmm. No people clues. Okay, right. people clues. Like one of the things I liked about that assessment was that at least with that one, you did your assessment and it gave you actionable feedback, right? So I guess my thing to employers is like one. Think about how inequitable your your recruitment process already is. Like, power dynamics are all with you. So if you're going to ask for something that truly is extraordinary effort for, for an applicant, keep in mind what their life looks like outside of your interview process. And, and chances are they have a lot of obligations that fill up their waking hours on top of the two-thirds of their life that they're spending with some other employer, you know, think about that when you're creating the requirements for your employment, you know, like your, your process. Yeah. And, and three, think about like, if you're going to do it, think about what you can give them back. Like, and that's work, right? That's work for the employer. And a lot of employers are still really bad at saying you didn't get the job. They just ghost people. Amen. So, you know, if you're going to have someone do this kind of exercise, you better give them back something that's more than, sorry, we're not selecting you. Right? Like that's what? a brutal rejection. Wait, like what? Uh, I think if you're reviewing their work product, then it should be like, here's what you submitted. We like these things. Like, that's a good. Mm-hmm. Um, maybe you might want to think about okay. adding in this, this, or this, or this yeah. didn't make a lot of sense to us, or this wasn't coherent. Yeah. Think of it like, you know, the, the papers that you got back from your, your teachers, right? So feedback. You get some feedback That's that fair. helps you do better. That's very fair. Uh, but also, pay them. Like, seriously, if you want a 20-hour business plan or 10-hour whatever, then get a budget together and pay them consulting rates. So then you've got to do a W-9. You've got to do all the other stuff. Oh, so you're just trying to hire somebody? It depends on how much you pay them. Oh, that's so whether or not you actually need all of that nonsense from someone, there's a threshold for that. And I'm not a CPA. Go talk to your CFO, and they'll tell you how much that is. Um, so I've got actually got a, a quick story about this from my personal history. And I know that while we talk about this, I, I sound like I'm coming down to the side of the employer. We can ask whatever we want. And if you didn't ask your questions, it's your fault. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, so years ago, I, I interviewed with a company. I will say who they were, but it was more than 10 years ago. And if you know how to use LinkedIn, you'll figure it out. Um, but not, not a lot more than 10 years ago. Um, I was interviewing with a company, and I knew that they were. Hold on a second. Yeah. If you're going to get that specific with it, you might as well say who it was. I'm not, okay, not going to tell you it was Ingersoll Rand. That would feel inappropriate. Uh-huh. Uh, anyway, so I was interviewing with them, and uh, we were talking about a, a project deployment. Um, 
and we had talked through like how would you approach that let us you know give us an idea of your mindset like how do you approach these things what do you think through i said okay that's fair and we talked through a lot of it and when we were done i sat down and kind of sketched some of it out and i actually built a presentation yeah, it was like 15 slides kind of talking about the approach and how I would do that. Because I wanted to give them a little more of a flavor for, like, rather than just an on-the-fly what I would do, like a little, okay, with a little thought, here's what I would put together. Here's the things I would worry about. Here are the red flags. Here are the milestones. Here's what I would do. It was fairly generic. They weren't going to be able to go take it and, and build a, you know, business off of it. But, but there was some thought behind it. Um, ended up going to work for that company. And about two years in, we were at dinner one night, we were having some drinks, we were talking about different things. And I brought up this presentation that I had built. And I said, yeah, you know, remember when we were doing that interview and I was talking to to the person I reported with and the guy who hired me, and I mentioned this presentation that I had built. And I said, yeah, I actually was pretty happy with that. Um, and I, we never talked about it again. It never came up. But I remember, like, I sat and I built that. And he goes, oh, yeah, no, I remember that presentation. I said, really? He goes, yeah, I was supposed to go present, like, two days later um, at a, uh, like, an internal conference on how to do exactly what you were telling me about. I just took your presentation and presented it as my own because I didn't have time to build it. Huh? <laughs> I was like, wow, oh, well, I guess it was good then. He goes, ah, I mean, it saved me a lot of work. It, it didn't sound like right. it had anything to do with me doing the job, but, but it did apparently get used, and I didn't get any credit for it internally. And I think that happens a lot. I mean, and it's even to the point where it's in pop culture fiction, or maybe it's like quasi-fiction. Um, I love Jen Lancaster's um, Bitter is the New Black, things that she talks about. It's, just, it's a fun book about this really sarcastic woman's life. But, um, but in it, she talks about being unemployed for a long period of time. Sorry, I have to stop you. It's a book about a sarcastic woman's life. Oh, I'm sure that's fantastic. It actually Sorry, is. That's, 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 it's it starts out with her trading a designer bag for, like, a Subway sandwich or something. I don't know what it okay, was. Okay, fair trade. With a homeless person. But um, but anyway, so, yeah. All right, and anyway, tell your story. My point is she goes through this prolonged period where she's unemployed, and, and she had one of those experiences as well where they had her build an entire presentation, like customer-facing presentation. They'd given her a, a problem that they wanted her to solve. I think it was like some customer, like, how would you crack this thing? And then they went to use it. What? Is this fiction or nonfiction? I it's didn't nonfiction. Want to okay. I think it's probably embellished yeah. nonfiction. But, but at any rate, like, so this isn't anything new. That was in the 90s. But, but it happens, and, and I think – you know, the people that listen to our show, I think, largely are in HR. And I think in HR, we're in a very unique position. Uh, well, maybe it's not unique, but we're in a position to where we're better suited to be able to, to right some basic wrongs in the world, right? To make, yeah. to make things suck a little less yeah. or in more, a little more enjoyable. Hopefully. And the interview process for everyone probably sucks, but definitely for candidates. It's not fun. It's mm-hmm. painful all the way through. Even when you get the job, you don't look back and go, well, that was just a delightful experience. <laughs> right? so, so let's not make it worse by taking advantage of people. That's all I'm saying. Seems fair. So now can we talk about Scarlett Johansson suing her employer? Dang. What? We have Wait, nine minutes to talk about Scarlett. 
Wait, do you have – we're giving you the last word on the other issue. Anything else to add? My last word, I, I, I'm, I agree with the last thing Crystal said, which was it, it oh, sucks perfect. bad enough. Yeah. Let's not make it worse. So, yeah. So, All right, we can move um, on. Yeah. Scarlett Johansson. Yep. So, real quick recap for anybody who hasn't heard it. Um, when they did Black Widow, she asked for a commitment. They would only release it in theaters. They said, absolutely, Scarlett. Can we call it ScarJo? Absolutely, ScarJo. Only in theaters. And then, as all of us Disney Plus members know, that's not what happened. Um, she's the estimates I've seen. Uh, they said that by not releasing it in theaters, uh, and because it is the uh, poorest performing Marvel film after opening weekend, which I think is interesting. Um, she estimates, or her lawyers estimate, she lost about $50 million on that, by that decision. Mm-hmm. And Disney is saying it's a COVID-related decision. Her attorney is saying, that's nonsense. The theaters are open. You didn't have to do that. You did it to inflate um, membership for Disney+, Plus, for which we get nothing even though you have to pay like 30 bucks to get access to it um, or 20 bucks. Okay. Whatever. So, but, and they also asked to renegotiate. They also asked to renegotiate when they made the change. And my understanding is Disney declined, although that's just from the, the internet. They so, wouldn't. I, it's one of those where they I would not never surprise. Right. Mm-hmm. Well, me think about like how many people I mean she's she's probably not unique there are probably lots of employers loads and loads across the United States who have altered people's pay across the pandemic furloughed them said oh we want you to come in and run this department and we're going to give you all of the support that you need and then find out that that's completely full of crap right and and so it, it goes back to the whole it was a dark beta that said i have altered the deal pray i don't alter it further yes who did he say it to oh god i have no idea I'm not come on i married you you gotta know this yeah i don't i have altered it was lando okay lando and he's like i'm taking han solo he's like, that, that wasn't the deal we made lando calrissian Childers Gambino played him in in Solo. Come on. Okay, Billy okay. D. Williams in Empire Strikes Back. Okay. Tonight we're watching Star Wars. That's no, we're not. But, but anyway, <laughs> right. So, so basically it goes back to that, right? I've altered the deal. Pray I don't alter it further going back to the whole employment is super that unbalanced. That might be where Disney learned it, actually. Maybe. So employment is super imbalanced regardless of your employment status. So like. Sarjo is not a Disney employee. She is basically a contractor, right? That's fair. That's fair. And so you have this employment contract that says you're going to get X for Y. She put in the work. She gave her Y. And they basically said, oh, forget X. We're going straight to Z. Yeah. How culpable are they really? And I think this is really fascinating because I'm, I'm waiting for someone to then use whatever the outcome of this is to, like, stick it to their crappy deal that they got with their employer and get to see some changes. Like, well, just to clarify, it wasn't that we're not giving you X, we're giving you Z. It's not that we're not giving you X, we're giving you Z. It's a we're changing the infrastructure to make X less valuable. Well, I don't think they did we're it. We're still giving you X. X less valuable. I no. think they did it because it made their A more valuable. Well, of course, right? but, but but it wasn't that they didn't give her X. Like we still give you that. We had done a different way. X would been a whole lot more. Yeah. And we told you that's what we were going to do. That's my point. And too bad we already killed you off. We don't need you anymore. So whatever. 
So we have we have five minutes. There's actually a comparable oh. to this, and Great. and it has a massive punchline. Um, guy named Frank Darabont, who was the showrunner for The Walking Dead in its first several yes. seasons, w- yes. was summarily fired for reasons that I don't yes. rec- recollect. And he took him. He took the you know the Walking Dead, whoever the producers are, to court. And they just yep. settled for two hundred million dollars. Um, I didn't see that. So, That's fascinating. Yeah, like like two weeks, sometime in the last two weeks. I, and I don't know who all was in the suit, and you know, I don't know all the details. But the, yeah. the outcome of a similar situation, uh, not not with the not with an actor, but with a, a showrunner, a behind the scenes management person. They settled yeah. for two hundred million dollars, which is pretty significant. So yeah, I'm not sure what the outcome. I'm not sure what the outcome will be. You know, I don't know what the outcome will be for ScarJo, but she may have a better chance than than we might think. Oops, sorry. Well, it's not just ScarJo. Like here's the four one one. It's not just Scarlett Johansson suing Disney because. Emma Stone's about to do the same thing. And she's not a discarded character. She actually had, uh, well, Cruella. Which character? Oh, okay. So Stone played Cruella. It was fantastically received. So looking at already doing a Cruella 2, whatever. Isn't that 101 Dalmatians? We already got that film. Right, yeah, well, whatever. Mm-hmm. Maybe there's another in between. Uh, but my point a is. A prequel, sequel, like, prequel, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So evidently she's considering suing as well or joining Scarlett Johansson's suit because they did the same release strategy with Cruella. Interesting. So, and I think they actually did it before Black Widow. Yeah, they did, for sure. So, this could actually be really good. And so, if they were to use, hopefully, maybe they listen to this. Mm-hmm. Um, the Walking Dead <laughs> I know, right? I can't even say that with a straight face. But if they were to use the Walking <laughs> the Walking Dead strategy, uh, arcades to be able to bolster theirs as part of their strategy. I think that could be really interesting. Emma Stone, if you're mm-hmm. listening, like call me. I've got ideas. <laughs> not ideas give like your number. Ideas. Give your number, Dwayne. She'll, you'll probably hear from her in the next ten minutes or so. I would think. I don't. You know, I'm, I'm, Three, one, four, six, I'm eight, sure one, eight, Emma six, dropped. Six. I'm just saying on the off chance. Yeah. <laughs> on the off chance. Not that I don't publish my I'm number sure everywhere Emma, and never email. I'm sure Emma doesn't speaker. have much better to do on a Friday night than listen to us. Come on. No, 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 no. She's like that girl in high school who's super popular because she's so pretty, but nobody will ask her out. It's That's brilliant. Right. Thank you, Mike. She's also yeah. married yeah. and has a baby, and you're married. Hey, some people drive two cars. Anyway, my point is this. <laughs> you if, you remember, if you remember the writer strike that cost us shows like Life that were fantastic and Firefly, yeah. that was all about writers demanding their due from digital um, – I almost said dispersation, but that's not the right word – from digital um, – what's the word? No. Myth, digitalness uh, from shows <laughs> being online and being through Netflix. And kind of, it was all about writers saying, wait a minute, there's a new medium and we're not being paid for it. It's not fair. This strikes me as the same thing. There's a new medium. Streaming services, the new medium, we're not being paid for them. It's not fair. So this could turn right. into something really ugly and then completely alter the way that they pay people. So I'm saying. Well, on that it, note, I think we've pretty much run out of time. We've talked our way through Friday night. I, 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 you know I think there's nobody I'd rather spend it with than the two of you. Yeah, thanks. And Robin. Um, and Robin. And, and, <laughs> and, 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 and. Robin is kind of yeah. like our Emma Stone. Can we all agree with that? 
Yes. Yes. She's busy on a Friday night, but she'll call us eventually. Um, That's right. That's yeah, right. That's so what it is. We're, we're down to 45 <laughs> seconds. So this was fun. Uh, it, you know, come filled with, with some curse words and some interesting conversation. I'll so try to great to hang out with it you It was guys. the two of you. I was clean uh, as a whistle. Yeah. Okay. Awesome. Uh, yeah. I don't know. I don't know if I swore either. But anyway. Uh, so Crystal swore. Anyway. Yes, you did. All right. Well, have a ha- have a great Friday night. I'm going to go ahead and end the episode before we run into the the into overtime because overtime never <laughs> ends well. Always a pleasure. Take care, you guys. Bye, everybody. Thanks. Bye. Okay. Round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry. Oh, a book club. Computer solitaire. Huh? Ah. Oh. Sorry, we were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right, ChumbaCasino.com has over 100 casino style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchases, over the limit by law, 18 plus, terms and conditions apply. See website for details.